How many years have you guys heard me say I want to do a podcast? I even went so far as to flying out to Los Angeles a couple of years ago and met with all these fancy podcast people trying to do it. And about a week ago, my friend Molly tells me about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's how it works. First of all, it's free. There's a tool, and I am the least techie person in the world, that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, which is what I'm doing right now, or on your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so that you can have it on Spotify, Apple, all kinds of different platforms. You can start making money with no listenership. Hello. And they have everything you need to make a podcast. They even put background music in for me. You guys, I cannot even tell you how incredible this is. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That was anchor.fm to get started. You guys, if I can do this, anybody can do this. Welcome to episode two of the Flow Podcast. I am Kelly Wolf. I thought it would be good to tell you this story about where flow came from. And if you already noticed something when I emphasized wolf, then you get a gold star. Because what is flow spelled backwards? I know. I wanted to give you a second to take that in. It is wolf spelled backwards. But here is the cool part. I didn't plan it that way. I noticed flow before I noticed that it was my name spelled backwards. That just happens to be the magical part that is part of a life of flow. So much magic happens when we begin to live in this new and incredible way. That is the way of flow. So on the first podcast, I shared with you guys some first doable things and also kind of what, just simply what flow is. Flow is finding love over worry. And today I wanted to break each piece down because they're pieces. So here's the backstory, just a tiny bit. I've been a coach for eight years. Um, I have my degree in clinical psychology And I knew that I didn't want to go down the traditional therapeutic path, albeit an incredibly noble career. It is one that terrified me a little because um, I saw standing there what would be ahead of me in terms of what that work looked like. And I knew that I was going to be of more service as a coach than I would as a therapist, although my therapist likes to tell me that I would have made a great therapist. (laughs) Um, There's some hilarity in all of that. Okay. But what I noticed through coaching is people would start to tell me these stories of when they felt like they were in flow and they were classic things, Um, surfing, skiing, skydiving, um, standing on a stage and speaking holding their baby for the first time, 
driving down the road, listening to music, having their book published, um, writing their book. I mean, gosh, I could go down a gazillion different things because it really depends on your, um, your, your trajectory in life as to where your flow will be. However, I did notice a very clear and concise map. Isn't that interesting? The same things seemed to happen on the book end sides of people talking about flow. What they were, and I boiled it down to make this anagram, um, not anagram, I get that mixed up all the time. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Finding love over worry. Finding love over worry. So let's break it down. Okay, get your pens, get your pens, get your pens. Finding love over worry. People were taking something that felt hard to do or big, challenging, exciting, and they were kind of challenging their thoughts and their beliefs and choosing to do those things anyway. So let's take the skiing analogy as a, as a pretend one. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying to learn. This is actually very viable for me right now because I'm trying to learn how to ski and it's really hard as an adult. I, well, that's what I, that's my limiting belief. And so you're trying, 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 and it feels hard. And so that would be the worry side. Okay. feels like I can't do this. Why would I do this? This is silly. Okay. All worry, 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 worry. And then you keep trying, keep trying. And that one time you're going down the mountain, flowing down the mountain, and I'm loving it. Like, oh, I get it. All the light bulbs are going off. That's me having gratitude, appreciation, and love for that moment. So the worry left the building, replaced with love and gratitude, and then I'm in flow. Okay, so here's the map. Each time we have a worry or fear thought, that's what we're going to focus on first. We're going to go backwards a little bit. The first time we notice a worry or fear thought, we need to take time to become the observer. But before we get to finding, which is becoming the observer, we have to first see our worry for what it is. And I mentioned to you in the first podcast, worry is never useful. I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's just a fact. Worry is a looped thought that just continues to keep you locked in perpetuity into whatever small box that you're standing in in that moment. Fear, useful. Fear, body goes into reactive mode, you will do something to protect yourself, your family, etc. (coughs) Excuse me. Everybody coughs these days and it's like panic races through the room. Um, I just drank my coffee funny. So when we have the recognition of the worry thought, let's use the skiing example again. Why would talk to people Let's say I was at a school pickup or drop off and I live in a ski town and people would be telling me about their ski days and I'd feel this like, oh God, I don't ski. And I would say it. I'd say, I don't ski. I don't get it. I don't like it. It's hard. I don't know how to do it. I'll never be able to do it. I can't do it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All of those are worry and fear thoughts, every single one of them. But what I did and noticed is I kind of was attached to them in some twisted up way, this sort of, yeah, you guys all go out there and do that skiing thing. 
And I'm going to be over here staying in my small place of, I can't, I won't. It's not happening for me. But until I saw my own worry, my own fear, and my own limiting beliefs, I can't put this map on top of it. So hopefully that makes sense. Sometimes our worry thoughts and our fear thoughts of our mind are so habituated inside of us. They're so locked in that we actually can't even see them anymore. And this is, it's going to get uncomfortable and I don't want to jump ahead too far. When you start seeing that in yourself, the places that you're worrying, putting fear, putting judgment, um, Ooh, God, boy, is it uncomfortable. (laughs) Holy guacamole. Um, It's not the best feeling, which is probably why we do everything in our humanly powers to avoid those things. Uh, But I digress. So once we notice that worry and fear thought, we're going to go back to the F. So in flow, F-L-O-W, F stands for finding. What is finding? Finding is becoming the observer. That's the easiest and best way that I can tell you about it. One of my favorite ways to think about this myself is I say, look at the storm, look at the sun, look at the thing that's hard and stay just long enough for it to burn your face. So look at it just long enough for it to burn your face because If you disrupt it with a distraction or an old feeling or something else, then we're not going to get to the flow state. We want to look at it long enough to burn our face. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. But if you can see it, then we can change it. So what we want to do in the findings position is become the observer. So... I'm using the ski analogy again because, well, that's just what came up today. So in the ski analogy, I'm saying the things on repeat. And let me just be clear here for about 15 years, (laughs) just about 15 years. Sure. I had lots of things. I had, oh, I was pregnant. Um, I, I have EDS. It's really dangerous. I have all the things, but I also have, I live in the back, right in the back of my house is a place called the National Ability Center. And ironically and not ironically, uh, my husband and I are huge contributors and advocates and Scott um, hosts their annual fundraiser every year. And we believe deeply in it. What it does is it provides scholarships to anybody with any differing ability at all to come and do all kinds of things from skiing, biking, horseback riding, rock climbing. It's incredible. And here I am with my disability, telling myself I can't while literally standing next to somebody who is a paraplegic skiing next to me. Okay, let's just take that in for a second. All right. So clearly I have this profoundly deep limiting belief around this thing. But what I had to do was I had to hear myself. Oh, sometimes my God, you guys are all hearing me right now, but sometimes it's in that moment and I can actually feel it in my body now because I've really, really worked hard to train myself to do this, but to feel it in my body when I, when I let that limiting belief and fear and worry thought dominate. So I'm talking to somebody, it's a beautiful, lovely day. They're telling me their story of skiing and I immediately am going to say, yeah, I can't do it. And I feel 
crapola in that moment. But I'm committed to it. So what I had to do over and over again was, okay, I'm listening to myself. I'm going to hear myself say it. I'm going to notice that I have fear and worry around this thing. Fear and worry around this thing. Then I have to stay just long enough for it to burn my face. What is it? What is, what's it really, you know? And what it really was in a lot of ways was I don't want to fail maybe. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm actually pulling some random stuff out here. I am afraid of getting hurt, truly, legitimately. Um, I'm afraid, I don't like asking for help. Uh, all these different things that have nothing to do with, oh, I don't do that or I can't because I can't find a babysitter. They had to do with worth. They have to do with worry. They have to do with fear. So I look at it long enough to challenge it. So while I'm becoming the observer, we've got to pay attention. So you do it, you do it now. You pick your worry thought. Maybe it's a favorite one. Maybe it was just today. Maybe it's new from having been in quarantine. Let's pick one. Pick one. Pick a worry thought. Pick it. Okay. Hold it. Write it down. Think about it for a minute. Stay there. Don't move. Let's let it burn your face just for a second. Just a second. Get just uncomfortable enough so that you can truly see it. Okay. So you can do that later. You can, and this is time, everybody. It's like what I said about spiritual abs before. These aren't things that you snap your fingers and all of a sudden, boom, you have abs. You have to, to commit and do the work. But why is that? Why? Because good gracious and all the things in heaven, there is no greater life to be lived than a life of enlightenment, spiritual flow, awakeness, wokeness, whatever you want to call it. Everything has nuance. A blade of grass becomes interesting. You're no longer running or chasing. You're being, and it is glorious, glorious. So that's why you should consider this as an option in your life. And also, while I'm on that topic, I say this a lot. I am not here to argue with people or, or scream and yell in your face as to why you should consider doing these things in your life. I'm here as a very gentle guide who's doing it right there with you and stumbling along the way, but I don't like dragging anything ever. So I'm not here to drag. It's just like if maybe somebody is getting sober. I remember hearing this from a good friend of ours and they said, they told, it was a, this was a great story. We had a friend who'd gotten sober and they'd been sober for three years, I want to say. And then we had another friend who'd been sober for, I want to say, 20 years. And, and never had a relapse, which is incredible. And one night, we're with the, the three-year friend, and they're, they're drinking. And I turned to the 20-year friend, and I said, we should do something, right? I mean, we should say something. Shouldn't we do something? We should, you know, stop this person. And they, this, the 20-year person said, nope. And I'm like, What? How can that be? <laughs> and the 20-year person said, because you have to want it. Nobody can make you do it. It doesn't work that way. It has to come from you. And so in the same way, this has to come from you. You have to want to live in flow. You have to want to feel differently, 
to really do this work because it, it's work and it, and it burns your face a little bit. And there's not enough sunscreen in the world to avoid that. Once we've become the observer, now we get to make a choice because every thought, every experience you have that's in the worry, fear zone has a choice. Take that one in. Every fear and worry thought is a choice. Okay. That's the hardest one probably to really wrap our heads around. It doesn't feel like we're making a choice, but when it comes to our thoughts, we are actually making a choice. I'm not talking about circumstances and I'm not going to give 10,000 qualifiers here today. I'm talking about the thoughts that we have around things. Thoughts that we have around things are choices. We're going to get into a whole thing later about injustice, grief, things like that, and how they can have action that will come after the awareness. But action usually taken from reaction is is oftentimes just another assault on something else. Okay, so, but that, again, another day, another day, another day. Don't want to get rabbit brain over here. So let's go back to the choice. So O stands for over in flow. Over is the choice. Over is the time where you can choose a different thought, a replacement thought for your existing thought. All right. So in this same analogy, let's go back to the skiing because it seems not inflammatory in any way. Um, Worried, worried, worried. Fearful, fearful, fearful about skiing. Have to see it long enough, become the observer. Have to let it burn my face long enough. Have to see myself having the limiting beliefs. Have to see myself being worried. Have to see and ask the question, why? Where is that really coming from? And it will be uncomfortable and you got to sit in it for just a second. Now, then we get to over the bridge, the beautiful bridge. I always think of that bridge in Bridges of Madison County Bridge, one of those great Vermont bridges over a beautiful river and you can make a choice to walk over this bridge so as you walk over the bridge I'm now going to say to myself okay I love my body my body is strong my body could do that I love being outside I love spending time with the people that are going skiing and so I would like to be included in that experience okay I've got, I've got three new thoughts, replacement thoughts that are going to start shifting and challenging the plastic part of my brain. P.S. All of our brains are plastic. They have this incredible stuff called myelin in them that can be rewired. So cool, right? We can rewire habits and thoughts and that's the badass part of us. Love that so much. So I start to replace. Now I still haven't gone out to do anything yet. Okay. I've taken zero action. We're still in thought land. No action has been, has been had little by little by little. I keep practicing that. So every time the limiting belief comes up, the fear, worry thought comes up in my head, I replace it gently, kindly with a loving gratitude thought. So this is where we come to the love part. We get to that place where we get to make a choice. And if as long as you're aware of your worry thought, you can choose an alternate gratitude and love thought. So I want you to go back to the worry that you put for yourself 
Okay. And then you're going to look at it for just long enough to be uncomfortable. You're going to ask yourself the question, what is this really? What is this really? And once you've sat in it just long enough, pick anything, anything that feels remotely open to possibility. Any thought that feels remotely open to openness. And I want you to replace it. Just for, the, that's all you got to do. No, no action needs to be taken. This is slow, guys. This is the tortoise. But see, the tortoise wins. <laughs> the tortoise wins. But we will take our time. And we will be gentle. Because as we do this shifting of our thoughts, our mindset, and our brains, we have to gently take little steps. And when you reflect back, one day you look in the review mirror and you go, oh my God, there's a different person back there. As it should be, right? We're constantly, beautifully evolving. But unless you are on to yourself, unless you take the wheel, worry can drive the car. Fear and worry can be the driver. And they suck at driving. Terrible. Take you off the road, swerving all around, spilling your water. So we want to be driving the car. Fear can sit in the back seat, but you want to be the driver. Okay. Um, we can have fear and worry. We always are. It's never going to go away. And the more that we commit to becoming the observer and replacing those places with gratitude and love, holy guacamole, you guys, welcome to the ride of your life. So thank you all for being here. I'm so excited for you to continue the path of flow with me. And like I said, I am here as a gentle guide, not a screamer yeller, the tortoise by the tortoise by the tortoise, as we journey together to a place that feels much more glorious because, wow, this is our one beautiful, precious life. And how do we want to live it? I know how I want to live mine. Okay. Love you guys. Have a wonderful day. And I will see you. I won't see you, but I'll hear you. Nope, you'll hear me next week. Thanks for joining me in flow. Mm -hmm.